Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of my favorite ordinary fall things are snuggly sweaters, crisp, cool evenings, and digging all my boots back out of the closet again. And a few of mine are apples from the local orchard, the cashmere sweater I found at a thrift store, and the first fire in our wood stove. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. I'm so frustrated today, Christy. (laughs) I... It occurs to me today that one of the things I'm frustrated about is that I am still talking to you through a computer screen and not in person. And these days, more than ever, I would really like to run away from my house for a weekend to Pennsylvania and to Maplehurst. And one of the things that occurs to me today is that this podcast isn't just based on a friendship. It's actually based on a place. (laughs) It takes place on the third floor of a hundred-year-old farmhouse called Maplehurst in Pennsylvania farm country with the sweet smell of mushroom farms wafting in the window. (laughs) If you're new around here, it is not a sweet smell. (laughs) And I am just sad. I am sad and resentful today that I'm not there. And It struck me how much I just personally have felt that ache in the podcast for that familiar rhythm. Mm. Because if you are, if you've been with us since the beginning and you've been listening for a long time now, then you know that typically Christy and I record together and each podcast starts with some reference to the house. The house is the third character on this podcast. (laughs) And usually it's like, oh no, when I pulled up, you had pulled out and destroyed your entire vegetable garden. What is happening? (laughs) Or it's Uh, like, oh wow, there's an Amish barn that's gone up since I was here last. Or, oh my goodness, you've strung lights between all the trees. mm -hmm. And it has felt really sad to me not to visit Maplehurst in these conversations. And so today, what I would like to do in a very ordinary act of defiance (laughs) against the limitations that we live in is to visit Maplehurst in my mind and my memories, to invite our listeners to come out of the chaos, out of the news headlines and the worry, out of the waiting for paychecks that don't arrive or children who can't finish their homework, or spaces that are too crowded, or spaces that are too empty because you're used to having people over. Yeah. And come visit Maplehurst with us. So this is how it typically starts. When I know I'm headed up to Pennsylvania, it's about an hour drive. There's first anticipation. So much excitement. I go Mm -hmm. fill the car up with gas, and I always get some kind of treat, like a Starbucks or a bagel or a muffin, something like just tasty and fun. I also plot out what I'm going to listen to on the drive because now you have like just over an hour of either silence, which I have done, or a podcast that I'm catching up on or a playlist that I want to listen to. And then you have the whole stretch of road out across the Baltimore Harbor and into Pennsylvania farm country. And it's just this beautiful 
beautiful drive. I always feel like coming to record the podcast, the drive itself feels like part of the experience because it settles me. Mm. It's like stepping out of chaos into just this quiet space where you can have time to think, time to listen, time to read in the sense that you have somebody reading to you. Mm-hmm. It feels like a time to reconnect with my own thoughts because especially these days when you're constantly surrounded by the very loud thoughts of many children, it's hard <laughs> to know what your own thoughts are. Yeah. And so I drive and I always do an Instagram story, always. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. record my little journey And it feels fun. It's like I'm scrapbooking the moment as I drive towards your house. And one of the things I love about you, Christy, is I always send you a Vox, a message, like getting on the way now. You do. Yay. Like whatever (laughs) my arrival time is going to be. And then you always send back just like, it's not just like, okay, you know, it's always (laughs) like anticipation. You're always like, ooh, can't wait to see you, or I'll have the tea on by then, or just put something in the oven, or like there's always this sense of like this completely anticipated guest that Mm -hmm, somebody is mm -hmm. excited to have come and visit. Oh, yes. And I'll just say, so you're on a journey, and in some sense, I'm not, right? I'm just here. Right. But that is not true. It matters a lot to me that you would always let me know as soon as you were on the road. It would not be okay for you to let me know halfway through. (laughs) Oh, really? Or 15 minutes away. (laughs) No, I want to know right when you get on the road. I mean, you don't have to let me know. I'm going, now I'm going to the gas station, you know, but you, you let me know once you are on the road and you have your full ETA, because then my little journey in place has begun. So yeah. I know, okay, I have this hour. It's usually an hour or I have right. an hour 15. Right. And so now I do all the little preparation things. I make sure there's flowers in the bedroom or I set out the tray or I make sure, you know, there's a room here where we're going to have tea first. Like that's when I start my little fussy, busy, fun, the things that I, that kind of puttering around, you know, to yes. prepare. <laughs> yes. That's, that's my time for that. And it's such a good feeling. I don't like to be hurried. I don't like to be rushed. And that is my slow, easy journey toward what always for us would be um, more of a weekend. Like you would always come for a couple nights. We wouldn't try to do too much. We knew we had to build in time for the table and conversation. And so that was my journey as well. I love knowing that we were both on the journey together. One of us is on the road, but we're both on the journey. And I like that concept in Afrikaans. There's this great phrase that's you say, ek is op pat. And pat is road, right? But it also means way. So it's like, I'm on the way. But like it, way literally means road as well. So I love that double entendre. Like I'm on the way, I'm on the road, I'm headed towards you. And so my heart is oriented towards you. There's something too about leaving home. And, you know, everybody knows what this feels like. When you step out of your own front door, you release a large degree of responsibility that kind of just flows off of you. And I know now mentally the children are Peter's burden to Gary for the next two (laughs) days. I can't manage the schedules. I'm not there. Like I can't be in charge. And so that's a lightening as well, a lightening of the load as you as you are on the way. And I love there's a part as I'm driving from Maryland into Pennsylvania where you cross over the river. In my mind I always think it's the Chesapeake, but now I'm not sure if it is. It's the uh, it's 
not. It is the, it's coming. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> we will embarrass ourselves when we look it up and slap our foreheads and put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's like, but it's like this huge bridge that has yeah. six lanes because there's three on each direction. It's massive. It goes across the river. It's really, really beautiful. And I'm always simultaneously excited and afraid because I want to look at the river, but I'm also yes. driving and traffic <laughs> yeah. is moving really fast. And I have an irrational fear. It's completely irrational, but I've had it for years. My children know that I will somehow accidentally just drive off a bridge. Oh, like, I feel the same way. You do? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're terrifying to me. I if there is a if there are three lanes, I have to drive in the, in middle, the middle just to oh lessen yes. lessen the risk of somehow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like I'm somehow just gonna like flip off the edge of this bridge, <laughs> yeah. but I'm always sure I will. So I go across the bridge and then right across the bridge is where the toll plaza ends and I get onto the highway that brings me in toward where you guys are. And it's this, um, the, the roads get narrower and narrower, you know, like they go down to two lanes yeah. <laughs> and then down to one lane. And when I get off at your exit, there's the smell. It just it hits you, man. <laughs> it's so powerful no matter what time of year it is. It's just like, oh. wow, those mushroom farms are intense and you, as I pull off, even if I have the AC on and the windows closed, it comes <laughs> into the car and you know you're home at that point. And there's a tiny little town you drive through and across a bridge and past a graveyard and church and a guest house and up to a four-way stop and then past a school. And then there it is. There's Maplehurst. And when I turn into the driveway, lined with old maple trees who are old friends and some of them have crumpled to their knees mm -hmm. some of them have been removed i always stop right at the top of the driveway to obnoxiously take video of it and post it to instagram i always choose a song <laughs> to like <laughs> i feel like it's like a little movie you know playing in my head that i share on social media and then i always know that you know that i'm here because i usually tag you and i'm like christine right, i'll knows. see it i'll see your driveway story and i'll realize oh she's in my driveway <laughs> One of the things I love so much about arriving at your house, and this has been true even before Instagram days, is that I love this. There are very few people who do this, but the ones who do it are my favorite. My favorite aunt and my cousins used to do this, and you do it as well, that when I pull in, you do not wait for me to come to the door. I haven't even stopped the car and you're already out the house walking toward me. And that is the most welcoming experience mm. to just know you're <laughs> such a favored guest that they couldn't wait for you to get there. And people who do that have made such a huge imprint on me that I do it now too. And I make my kids do it. When we have guests <laughs> coming, I'll always say, or my kids now too, to their credit, will say, they're here, they're here, which means everybody gets up out get of out. the lounge <laughs> and walks out onto the porch to welcome them. That is what welcome looks like. And I feel like that is it. I feel like that is the picture God gives us, you know, of the prodigal father running out. So you always come out to meet me. You're usually wearing boots or house slippers. Usually slippers, I bet. <laughs> boots if I've been cutting flowers, maybe. <laughs> you usually have flowers in your hand or weeds if you were picking yeah. weeds or yeah. chicken yeah. food or something. You're like a character out of a novel who comes out <laughs> to greet me. <laughs> uh, I love that because this place is, even I know it and feel it. And it's why I guess I've written two books about it, but... Um, this 
place is more like a person. It has character, which means it isn't always an easy place to love. It's a hard place too to love, just like people can be hard to love sometimes. It's a real person in that sense. It's not always convenient or comfortable. um, And it is rather bossy and demanding at times. Um, But it means that just staying at home and living ordinary life here and welcoming people here is um, is like a journey as well, um, a more relational one. So it's good for me to stop and remember to be grateful for that because mm. sometimes, and I hear it in the voices of my children, <laughs> my children sometimes will say, mom, when I grow up, I'm living in a house like this. And they'll point to a more ordinary suburban house, like a builder's house, something new, right? right that, that's really right. what they mean. Something new and clean and fresh where nothing breaks or is peeling or rotting. Or <laughs> and I'll say, really? Really? Like, are you sure? And they'll say, yes, it'll be small and everything will be new. And they'll be, oh, my daughter even told me once, her, she couldn't describe it. She didn't know what the words were. And this was not that long ago. But she said, you know, mom, where the stairs are fuzzy. And I (laughs) said, do you mean carpet? (laughs) (laughs) Because our stairs give you splinters. So, you know. I know. Well, I think your children always make me laugh because that's part of the charm. When I arrive, like you're always out. And then John is usually like out, your husband out like weeding or cutting down a tree or something. And he will wander over and take my suitcase in. It's always like this wonderful service at Newport <laughs> But your kids barely raise an eyebrow. They're always like, oh, oh yeah. hi. Like, yeah. As, and I kind of like it because it implies I'm there enough that I'm not like a visitor, right, who has to be greeted. You're just like part of the flow of people who are in and out of that house. So, I mean, they really, I feel like they hardly even look up. Like they'll be having a snack in the kitchen or riding bikes and they just are like, oh, hi. Like, oh, she's back. <laughs> you know, like they don't even notice. It's like the highest form of praise from a child that they just continue about their business when you are there in their space. And we always walk into the house and I know we always mean to, like often we have work we want to do, like we want to talk about the podcast or we want to plan writing projects or whatever. But instead, we always spend like the first day (laughs) just (laughs) catching up. Like, there's always food and something to drink like right away, whether it's like, oh, the charcuterie boards. Mm. (laughs) I cry (laughs) from the food I'm not having with you right now. (laughs) Or the soup or the crusty French bread and salad and your delicious vinaigrette that you make or the wood stove in the kitchen, you know, and there's a rocking chair right next to it where I sit and you cook and we drink tea and we catch up. And I am so homesick for that. It is not the same. At first, I was very pleased that Skype had enabled us to continue mm-hmm, recording. Mm-hmm. And now I just feel annoyed about it. <laughs> That's true. If Skype didn't work for us, then you would have to come. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's been an... I think about the moment when you'll come back, Lisa Joe, and I feel, of course, just so anticipatory and excited. I can't wait for the moment you come back. But I also, I feel a little worried because you will come back and you will see how much things have changed. Mm. Things have changed. And then I think you and I will both be aware of just how much time has passed. Hmm. And it is a little bit like how I feel these days when I look in the mirror um, or I look at a photo of me taken like right before we all went into quarantine and I had that short hair that I'd had for 15 years 
And now I look so different, you know, got have this crazy wiry gray hair sticking out of my head and new it's wrinkles. It's not that bad. She over-exaggerates. <laughs> what are you talking Some days about? It is. You're, you're not like the wicked witch from the West. Like that is not what your hair looks like. Okay. <laughs> it's like this lovely hair with like one or two flecks of silver. That's it. <laughs> Very kind, friend. Very kind. But I look and I And even though, and actually I'll say too, I'm not displeased with what I see in the mirror. It isn't that. It isn't uh, wanting to turn back the clock. And I'm very pleased with uh, Maplehurst because for the first time in the eight years now that we've lived here, there I feel, this is good, I feel for the first time a kind of stillness um, that isn't just the fact that we never leave home anymore. <laughs> it's not quarantine stillness. It is a stillness because um, it is a stillness I have been seeking desperately for eight years, a stillness of having arrived at a point where enough of our projects, our repairs, our restoration work is behind us that I feel like I can breathe deep. I can rest at times if I need to. I can anticipate the projects we still need to do. There's still work to be done. I look forward to, you know, certain things. Um, maybe refinishing the, the wood floors one day so they don't give us splinters. But I no longer look around thinking, oh, I can't live this way. <laughs> everything's unfinished. Everything's a mess. We're just in the middle of so many things. I don't feel that way anymore because we have actually finished so much. And a lot of that work has been done, you know, in these quiet quarantine months. So when I think about you coming back, I I imagine you, you know, turning here or there and saying, oh, this, but what about that? And when did this? And then that will be good and also bittersweet, I think. Like, oh, all this time that you weren't here seeing it progress as you used to, right? It'll it'll, it'll just come and you'll see. It's sort (laughs) of like a parent who, or like an aunt who visits, you know, children after a long time and yeah. always says, oh my, how you've grown. You've grown. You know? I yes. sort of feel like that'll be my reaction to Maplehurst. Like, oh my goodness, look how much you've grown since I was here last. And Oh, that's it. Exactly. And I think there's delight in that, in that kind of marking of time. It doesn't feel like something you've lost or missed. Instead, it feels like you're getting this really beautiful snapshot of progress. Progress. That the people yeah. who are there day to day miss out on because they're just in the midst all the time. Mm-hmm. But those of us who visit it after a long time are able to actually say, oh, wow, wow, you grew, you changed, you you improved. Not even necessarily you are better. You're just different. You're changed. You are something fresh to the eye. And I love that. I love the thought of that. And yet I know that there's so many things that will be the same. You know, I think about how you always have certain books that you have in the bedroom when I stay or chocolate or a glass for water next to the bed or towels folded just so or um, food planned and prepared ahead of time, like a sense of menu and place and expectation and conversation. I look forward to that. One of the things about the podcast that's such a tease is we have this time to record together, but mostly kind of like today before we got on, we spend you know, the hour we're supposed to record the podcast, we spend 50 minutes just talking because mm-hmm. to each other before we recorded <laughs> yeah. because I'm, we miss each other. I miss you. I miss being able to linger, I guess, over conversation and, you know, text threads or Voxer or Marco Polo or email or however you all keep in touch with each other these days. It's not the same. You don't want to linger over those things. I want to linger in person. 
Mm -hmm. I know. I think that is one thing that we don't have now and that I miss a lot. Isn't even the before catching up so much? Because you're right, we do a little bit of that um, because we have to and we want to. But when we finish recording, sometimes we catch up a little bit, but often um, it's late in the day and we have to, you know, go on and head home and make dinner and and all the things. And so we don't um, do what we used to do, which was finish recording an episode Mm -hmm. and then wander downstairs with the sense of accomplishment and joy and also maybe exhaustion, but that good kind of exhaustion and head down and find John usually in the kitchen cooking, which I would love about the times when you would come to record is because he knew and I knew that I couldn't cook the meals and record the podcast and be with you. And so he would... Um, you know, maybe we would make some things ahead of time and then he would um, really be responsible for the meals, which he also enjoys. So we'd go, we'll go down and we'll find John cooking in the kitchen and maybe pour ourselves a drink. And now we're unwinding and relaxing together and talking. And then we would tell John all about the yeah. conversation we just had yeah. and recorded. <laughs> but that, you know, we don't do that now. We don't have that lingering um, in the, in the kitchen, sitting on those stools at the island while he cooks for us and, and uh, we tell them about the conversations um, that we've been having. And then we'd always tell very inappropriate stories about our children and their behavior. Yeah. We try to one up one another with terrible things our children have done. Yes. We would laugh yep. hysterically and we would ignore our children and want them to take care of themselves while right. the adults are talking <laughs> and keep telling them, go out, go out now. We are hanging out over here. <laughs> <laughs> They'd all be feral by the time I left at the end of a weekend. Yeah. But it is an experience on filling up on the company of others. There is something about that that sometimes I want to run away from home and fill up on on the people that I love and the experiences that root me to the work that I do. Because the podcast, and I think all work, apart from the love that comes into the work, feels just like work. And I think that's one of the things everybody is trying to push through these days, even work that we love when it's removed from, you know, the rhythm that that work used to come in, it can feel um, it like it loses some of the spark, some of the joy. And I wonder if people feel that way who aren't able to go into their office yeah. and aren't able to have, you know, company retreats or meetings or weekends away or brainstormings or, you know, artists who gather or think about athletes who are used to being in teams and locker rooms and teachers who are used to being in classrooms with oh, their yeah. students. I yeah. just think there's so much that it's the flavor, you know, mm-hmm. of the work that we do that we aren't quite getting to sample. And I tell you what, by today, I was like, I miss the salt or the chutney or the <laughs> sriracha, <laughs> like whatever I need to put back into these podcast conversations, that thing I miss. Yeah. It's a good question to ask, Lisa Joe. Like, how much are we, how much do we sit here and just say, well, one day we'll have that again. Meanwhile, we have this. And to what extent do we sit here and say, okay, yeah, this calls for fresh ideas. Maybe, you know, how do we re-salt you know, the experiences that, um, that have lost their flavor? I don't know, but part of it has to be telling stories like this. Because even just talking through our old experiences with you, I feel it again, um, how good it was and how good it will be again one day. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure. I believe it too. I'm sure of it. And I have to say, part of what has helped too is knowing that 
What hasn't changed is just the sense of being rooted in a community. So we've really loved that since we've started sharing reviews again on the podcast, you've all started leaving more of them. (laughs) So Mm. please continue. They're so fun. Chrissy, by far my favorite one this week was from Jen. And the title of the review (laughs) is the title of one of our most recent episodes. It says, 2020, put your pants on. I really needed that laugh. Thank you. She says, thank you so much for your podcast, but especially for this episode. Similarly to what you've experienced, the hits just keep on coming for me in 2020. Your advice to lower my expectations and see the day (laughs) were just what I needed to hear. Thank you for being a light in the darkness. Jen, thank you for reminding us that even if the conversations aren't in the same space that we're used to, they're still creating the same space that Mm -hmm. we were hoping Mm -hmm. to create for our listeners. And then I have to read this one from Hudson's Mama. She is so kind. She says, what a great podcast. I look forward to this podcast every week. Definitely worth the download and you'll be subscribing after the first listen. And I just want to say thank you so much for that, Hudson's Mama, because this week I had felt just personally discouraged and feeling like, does it matter if we record another episode or not? And it it does matter when you know that there are people on the journey with you who are looking forward, that we have somehow these conversations aren't just about our personal rhythms anymore. They've become about the rhythms and expectations of a community much bigger than us. And so I'm glad that we could kind of invite you into a virtual Maplehurst, which, to be fair, has been your experience all along. I might have gotten to be there in person, but it's always been virtual for our listeners. And in that sense, thank you for that reminder. I think I needed that today. Mm, that's true. That's that's a good point. And you know, Lisa Joe, um, I love this place where I live, but there are fictional houses. There are character houses in novels I love, um, in movies I love, um, that are almost as real and precious to me. <laughs> um, and so I hope that this place can be that for our listeners as well. And I just have to do something here at the end of this conversation that, again, we used to do when we sat down um, together is sort of set the scene. And it's really a beautiful scene to set. And so I'm going to be absolutely honest, and I'm just turning my head. Lisa Joe, you can see me just mm-hmm. turning my head over to look through this little window that's here up on the third floor. Um, I have my little office up here, and we are rounding the corner into that season, autumn, when the view from this from this window in particular, is at its best. And what mm. I can see right now, I can see these, these blood red leaves on a dogwood tree lit up by the sun. And behind them is the black of our little black barn. So we have the, the big black barn and then we have a little black barn that's like more of a shed. So that blood red leaf against that black barn. And the long driveway, I can see it all the way down where the maple trees are already turning. And mm. some of the sugar maples down there are already half red, orangey red, like mm. fire. They are on fire today. And the way the sun sets, so the driveway is north-south. So the sun travels across it east-west, which means right now the sun is heading down into the west. And it's like, um, it turns the driveway into this green and gold tunnel where the light just shines underneath the trees across the driveway. And it looks 
I know that that driveway only leads to the school over there across the street. (laughs) It looks, it looks like if you wandered that way, you just might walk straight into heaven. And that is, um, those are the colors and the, the seasonal views and the light that I love to share with you when you're here. But I'm so glad to have this podcast and to be a storyteller and a writer so that this place and its beauty, which I think mean more than just tree, light, driveway, <laughs> that they can belong to, to our whole community of listeners, to other people as well. I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful. It's not an ordinary house, and I feel like it is my responsibility to share it with as many people as I can. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.